I'm Audra. And I'm Sadie. And we are former English lit majors and sisters who miss reading and discussing literature with fellow lit nerds. And we created this podcast to discuss literature fueled by libations. So pick your poison and join us each week to discuss all the queries and views unearthed in great books. And support your local bookstore. Welcome, everybody, to Lit and Libations. Hi, Sadie. Hi, Audra. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up our discussion of Autumn by Ali Smith. So mm-hmm. if you haven't uh, already, go ahead and listen to uh, our last episode, which was our part one discussion. I mean, I guess you don't have to, but... I recommend it. I recommend it. So we're this one, if you did miss that one, um, it was pretty spoilery. We're talking about the whole book in both episodes. So um, you'll want to probably listen to both just because of uh how much there was to discuss and think about with this book and i loved our last discussion um what are we reading next after this one audra so well we're going to be taking a week break because sadie and i are going to be physically in the same place uh, coming out to visit sadie in boston so we're going to take a week off so that we can just focus on having fun uh, with mm-hmm. just ourselves and not including you guys. Uh, so we're going to take a week <laughs> off and then we will be doing three episodes on Salman Rushdie's novel, The Ground Beneath Her Feet. So if you have not, go pick up a copy, mm-hmm. your local bookstore or bookstore.org and get reading on it. It's longer, but it's not any, when we've read other novels of this size and it's amazing. So yeah, I can't and wait we're, to discuss it. And we're breaking it up more. So we're going to do... Um, three parts six chapters each so if you want to follow along with us you can follow that same reading schedule we're going to try to keep it as spoiler free as possible um and try to have each episode really just contained within those six chapters um yes thank you that's a good reminder yeah so even even though it's larger we're breaking it up we're giving people plenty of time to read and then um we will be breaking it up spoiler free um, as the episodes progress. So should be pretty manageable. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah, so that'll be our next book. Um, I think that's kind of it. Did you, oh, did you hear who won the, uh, literature, Nobel Prize for Literature? That was announced um, this week. I saw, but is she Swedish? Is that what it, Swiss? Uh, French, Annie. Oh, okay. French. Annie, or no, I have not read any of, her novels so yeah me neither I put that i put those on my list which is just get, like i really need to stop going to a bookstore sadie <laughs> I, I mean i wouldn't recommend that however i do feel like your list is just insurmountable but also you read more than any other person that i know so i feel like if anybody can actual ta- actually tackle their tbr i think it's you well i appreciate the confidence in me that makes me feel like it's okay uh, cause I can't help it. No, I went, so I'm, I'm reading right now The Old Drift by mm-hmm. Namwali Serpel. It's so good. It's like this, you know, multi-generation, or it's this generational saga, saga between three different families mostly. And it's the author, she's, um, American and, um, Zimbabwean mm-hmm. and it's set, um, in Zimbabwe from like the 19, mostly from the 1940s to like 2024, um, is the time period. It's so so good totally recommend it it's up there in my top five for sure and i'm not even done with it yet so maybe i'll change my mind if for some reason it ends 
in a way that totally ruins the book, but I doubt it. I don't see how it could be ruined. It's really, really good. Uh, I've thought about maybe doing it on the podcast, but I, I don't know if I can tackle it. So it's really good. I recommend it. So definitely pick up a copy of that too. I what will. are you drinking out of your, your pretty lit and libations uh, stein? Oh my gosh. Well, I guess it's not a well, stein. Well, I but... mean, <laughs> uh, my beer glass, my pint glass. Yes, um, Audra, I, I, I can't remember if I've talked about this on the pod yet, but for Christmas last year, Audra got me a lit and libation um, engraved glass, pint glass, and it's beautiful. It has our logo and it's just absolutely gorgeous and I love it. Um, so I need to get one. I know. But, well, we need to just like do more Make with that. Make some. Period. Because yeah. it's really cute. Um, but Working on what, it. What I am having, what I'm pretty much already done with, because Audra and I did talk for like 30 minutes before we started recording, um, is I'm having a pumpkin beer. It's by Elysium Brewing. It's their pumpkin, I think is what it's called. And I'm having that with a maple and cinnamon sugar rim. And it is so good. It's a very common thing out here. Like if you, like it's very common for fall to go to a pub or like a restaurant and to order a pumpkin ale during the season and usually mm-hmm. they will serve it with a cinnamon sugar rim and it is so good it's so good and Imp- i love that i will have remind me to do that while i'm out there that yeah. sounds good i yeah. also like that because that's a way for you to not like me to not give you shit about just having a beer i know it's special right like yeah. i like it's like some effort was put into it so it's fantastic yeah i uh well done well thank done you. To, thank you because if you I saw you with the glass, and I was like, "Okay, well, she kind of made up for it because it's the it's the glass, but that is that does just look like a beer." So I was ready to like give you a little bit, of, but I'm not going to anymore because it's the glass, and you did the whole rim thing, and it's like seasonal and you know mm-hmm. local. So I'm gonna well done. That's a great drink, Sadie. Thank you, thank you. I'm excited to hear what you're drinking because I've heard it's delicious. Um, so it's apple cider, so four ounces apple cider. And an ounce of, I used, uh, oh, what is the whiskey? It's honey. Is that the brand? Uh, a scotch whiskey. I can't remember which one I used. Uh, oh, the Hive. So Weymouth Malt's The Hive, a scotch whiskey. Okay. And then uh, some lemon juice, and I put it in a shaker and then poured it over crushed ice. And then I have an apple slice in there and a cinnamon stick. Oh, that and sounds it's, delicious. It's very good and very simple. So I did a little video of it, so I'll put it up on the on Instagram. Nice. On I'm the exci- gram. I'm excited to see it. I'm going to have to make that. I feel like we have like this whole list of like cocktails that we're going to have to have when we're actually together. <laughs> yeah, we may just be drunk the whole time. So I don't know who's luckily we'll have maybe a couple DDs already. So <laughs> this may, I mean, I will be on vacation as well. Like not yeah. having to take care of anyone but myself. So true. <laughs> that true. may just be what it's like. I don't know. And we'll you know what? My mom's not going to be drinking. She can DD us. She won't, yeah. So I think we'll be good. I'm excited. Um, okay, I think that was it news-wise. Yeah, yeah uh, let's get into it. Um, so I was thinking, I was like, well, what are we going to talk about this time? Because we did have such a great discussion last yeah. time. I want to know, how do you feel about the ending? Maybe maybe give us a little rundown of mm. the ending and your thoughts on it. Like the very last chapter? Well, maybe not that so much as I'd say, I guess, because they're not, yeah, the second to last. So first of all, he wakes up. I love, so, okay. So 
the the part where he wakes up because we talked a little bit about how it almost kind of feels like a fake out of um her mother's girlfriend being like oh like the hospital like the place called for you they like they just barely, barely called for you i'm so sorry i forgot and she like kind of gets worried um but then she says that your grandfather's been asking for you so we know he's awake and then she goes and she thinks he's asleep and as she starts to read to him again he wakes up i loved it i but then i also felt like i didn't know what the last chapter like i didn't know how to read the last chapter after that because it the second to last chapter ends with him waking up and they you know, it's like this cute interaction that's very similar to how all of their interactions really start after they befriend each other. And then it ends with November again. It's more winter than autumn. That's not mist. It's fog. And then it kind of is just this, you know, this beautiful like description of just the transition of the season. Um and I, I didn't know really how to read it. I didn't know if it was trying to, like, an arty way of saying he does die or just, like, an interesting transition into the next quartet, like, part of the quartet. So I don't – I didn't really know how to read that aspect of it. What did you think? Well, I – so I kind of took it two ways. Uh, one way – well, I think because I know that there that this was the first of a quartet – and I'm assuming it was written as such. Uh, I took that part of it as far as this is a... It's like the book really... This part really ended with Mr. Glock waking up. Yeah. And saying, what are you reading? And then this is kind of this like intermezzo for mm-hmm. before the next novel. But I also took it... I mean, even with that, it's to me, the descriptions really just made me think of, you know, the seasons and with thinking of seasons it's time and Mm -hmm. both the consistency of it changing Mm -hmm. and the consistency of it coming back to what it was before you know we just have these four seasons as far as we've categorized it like we've put that there's these four seasons and they just keep repeating right but yet they're also always changing it's like so what's always constant is also also always evolving yeah or that is what's constant and so I think which is also what this novel was about and so I that's or one of the major themes I took out of it at least and so that's kind of how I interpreted that last little part so I'm interested I'm interested to to see what like the first chapter of winter is you know to see like how they integrate to each other um but it's gonna be like at least a couple months before I think I get to reading that Um, I do want to talk about, I just, like, this, this thing about him asking her every time that they see each other after a while of what you're reading, I think is so beautiful. A, like, it's a great way to talk to somebody. Like, it's a great thing to ask someone. I think it is such a great conversation starter. But I also really love, um, it makes me think about his relationship with his sister, um, in the earlier oh, yeah. chapters. We should talk Yeah, talk more about that. So I'm trying to find I feel like I had highlighted it. I need to try to find the um There's like a whole chapter that's like dedicated to it. But one thing that um is interesting is that throughout the novel he in his dreams is thinking about um his sister and having memories about his sister. Um 
but he cannot remember her name. And it's like something that to me is so sad. <laughs> You know? Yes. Um, it's it's so, so, so sad that he's like, how can I possibly have forgotten this name? Okay, so it's like page 181 is I think the, the main part of where he's thinking about his sister. So it starts it, – this is the part of the story. Um, it's the very first section of section three. Um, here's an old story so new that it's still in the middle of happening, writing itself right now with no knowledge of where or how it will end. And he is in his dream state thinking and it's and then at the bottom of the page and here he is now sitting next to his little sister. But his little sister's name escapes him for the moment. This is surprising. It's one of the words he's held dear his whole life. Never mind. Here she is next to him. And it's like this beautiful memory of him and his sister and him trying to like get her attention and them just like interacting with each other. And then there's this, like this other moment later in the chapter, but there's something he's been waiting to say to his little sister. He's wanted to for more than 60 years since he thought it. And every time he's thought it again, since he's wished she were alive, even just for a half a minute. And like this. Well, and then it gets to farther on in that chapter. He says this to her. He says, "Yeah, um, tell me what you're reading." Yeah. Oh, I'm re- I'm reading so many things. Well, she says. yeah, she says that. She's to yeah, him. she says yeah. Tell yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. So it's like this Blech. thing that he carries like with him from this interaction, this like memory. It's it's like his way of keeping his sister yeah. alive. I loved I loved that tie-in. I like, loved it. I did too. I thought it was so nice to. I I think she did such a great job of making their mr you know their relationship special mm-hmm. but also explaining it's like they connected in ways that it's really special but you also see why they connected in that way like she, you know what i'm saying she gives such a good explanation you really get to understand the characters and why they're so perfect for each other mm-hmm. so it makes it such a i think that helped with really making this a relationship that you cared about and that was really special and it just felt so pure and like like oh that which is what a lovely relationship and is yeah. I think she explains so well why they're so well suited for each other like well, they are particularly primed to have this relationship yeah. and it shows it through their interactions with other people and then him with all of his memories and yeah. how that continues on with her doing all her you know doing her thesis on this painter that he yeah. has a direct connection to like we talked about that a little bit last time but well, and so he's a songwriter, too. So he has, like, this one famous song. And there's – I can't remember where the chapter is that it actually says the lyrics, but it's something about a summer brother. And you find out in this chapter um, where he's thinking about this memory from when he was, like, in college. And I think his sister is, like, 16, 17, something like that. And you find out that he um, – that she would call him summer brother – and mm-hmm. because he was just home for the summer, like off of school. And it was like this just really sweet thing. And it becomes part of his, you know, his one hit wonder song that he writes. And um, I don't know. Like, it's just I just love how everything um, in this book seems to pay off in like very subtle ways i found the song oh where which okay so 235 mm-hmm. uh so yeah they're summer brother autumn's sister yeah um and it 
It's verse one, snow is falling in the summer, leaves are falling in the spring. Gone the reasons, gone the seasons, time has gone and taken everything. Chorus, summer brother, autumn sister, keeping time through time. Autumn mellow, autumn yellow, give me back a reason to rhyme. Verse two, I will find her in the autumn, autumn kissed her, autumn missed, summer brother, autumn sister, autumn's gone so summers don't exist. Chorus, Mm -hmm. bridge, summer brother, autumn sister, time and time again are gone, out of season I will find her, with time's fallen leaves behind her, every time I sing this song. Chorus, ad lib to fade. Mm. Um, It's such a nice little uh, condensing of the story almost yeah. in this song. Yeah. So I, I love this. Um, I'll be honest, when I first heard about this novel and that it was this quartet, I think you're the first one who told me about it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I trust your taste implicitly outside of uh, the maidens, but it's fine. We all have our <laughs> mistakes. Um, oh my God. Even though, like, I, <laughs> even though I totally trust 100% your taste, I was also like, oh, I don't know. It almost sounded gimmicky to me a yeah. little bit, like a novel for the seasons and name that which I feel so stupid that I let that silly little thought come into my head because it's perfect it makes perfect sense it's done so well um and it brings up so many lovely themes in such a simple way yeah like I don't blame you for thinking that it might be gimmicky though because I think if she weren't such a great writer it very well could have been right like if she didn't make um like, I think if she hadn't thematically made this book what it is, and if it had just been about some story taking place in the season, then I think it could have been kind of, like, I don't want to say, like, pretentious or something like that. Do you know what I mean? But, like, it could have yeah. – it there's, there is, like, a universe where, like, a, 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 a writer who's maybe not as skilled as she is in this novel – um, where it could have been, um, yeah, like it could have, it could have just been gimmicky and it could have been, um, a tactic to try to like attract people just because like, I don't know, everybody loves the seasons, but also like it could have been too, like too obviously constructed. And like, the thing is, is this book is not like trying to hide its connection to the season, but I feel like what happens in the story and the way that it, everything is weaved together, it doesn't make it feel, like, cute or, or like, Yeah, it's stupid. not like it's, I don't cheesy. Know. Yeah, it's not cheesy at all. And it's, if, in yeah. fact, like, I think it's, this was, like, an emotional, that chapter in particular was really emotional for me to read. Um, especially about him feeling like, oh, like there was something I was supposed to tell her and she's been gone for 60 years, you know? And this like, this feeling that he has almost like a a feeling to like reach for the phone still that he has 60 years later when he is like on his deathbed is something that um, is very real. And it's also um, like... I mean, I was very close to my grandmother, and when she was on her deathbed, this was something that she told me she still felt about her mother and her siblings, that she still had the urge to reach for the phone. And, like, with little things, like, like she would be, she told me one time that she, you know, her mother had been dead for, like, 50 years, and she was baking something, and she, like, forgot how much 
of like some ingredient she was supposed to include. And she, on impulse, reached for the phone to call her mom. Right. And it had been 50 years since she died. Like, so it's, it's something that I thought was really beautiful. And I love like the sibling relationship and the way that he kept her alive, you know, through his grief, I think is just really beautiful. And like the way that grief, you know, there's like two people going through grief here. He's like still grieving his sister in a way. And then Elizabeth is starting to kind of grieve him. And before he's even gone, it's something that is, like, weighing on her and that she's thinking about and and kind of in denial about a, a little bit. Yeah, I'd say so. I like, I, it's nice how her relationship with others, particularly her mom, is, like, it's growth that parallels, like, her relationship with Mr. Gluck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it's, even though her mom doesn't really encourage it understand it at first and then kind of just resign to it it she she's she they have a kind of a difficult relationship but they're both still working on it does that make sense yeah. and like I think that it only enhanced and at least gave opportunity for something to get better with her mother because she had him in her life like even mm-hmm. though you know what I mean? Like, he kind of provided those things that maybe her mom couldn't provide. Yeah. Even though her mom was, I mean, tried to be the best mother. And it's hard. Some, like, it's hard. So hard to be a mother. Yeah. But I think that's part of, it's that same idea of, like, it takes a village, you know? It's not necessarily that you can't do it by yourself. You can't be, but, like, it's so helpful to have other people mm-hmm. in your world, both when you're a child and have other parental and you know, mentory relationships, even if it's not yeah. necessarily just parental, but like having other adults in your life that you can talk to. Yeah. That I think that's helpful. You know, I had that growing up with different adults and I know that that was very helpful for me. And I think that it really is, but it's maybe not written about a ton in that way. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, um, a lot of people don't and I think, think it about helped with her mom. I think so too. I think it, probably helped a lot with like resentment of her mom not always being like super there or attentive Uh you know um obviously her mom was like a single mom and had to work and had to do all of all of the things and um with that comes like for a lot of people totally understandably like a lack of patience or like um difficulty understanding their kids sometimes and I think that Daniel his relationship with her and like giving her an opportunity just to see the world in like a different way than the way her mother thinks and for giving her space to kind of like think about things and imagine new possibilities and new things I think does like help them and it also I mean I think that it can push you know, her mom grows a lot as a person, like we talked about last time, of her at first being weary of their friendship and relationship because she thinks he's gay. Um, right. To becoming, you know, a queer woman herself and being in a queer relationship at the end. And um, I think a lot of that um, growth and, and uh, self-realization that we see the mother have kind of peripherally, um, it probably very likely was impacted by the fact that her daughter was outspoken and surrounded herself by somebody who um, had a different life experience. 
and viewed the yeah. world differently. And well, and I like I how it was unless I, I think so too, and and I don't know if, if maybe I'm forgetting something which could be true, but I like that he never disparaged her mother either. Like he, yeah. he because he truly loved and cared for her and wanted her to have the best relationship. He didn't like advocate necessarily for her, but he just was very. He just treated her just like an equal and so he didn't disparage Mm -hmm. her mother he didn't try and convince her to be any different or feel any differently but he was just like a really good support for that so that she could have her own relationship with her mother that grew and changed and yeah um matured and and then i think that it enabled her mother to do the same you know her own relationship with her daughter she was able to work on and it changed and matured as she Mm -hmm. did it is interesting to think though too about like how i feel like her relationship with mr gluck like ultimately like really improves her relationship with her mother by the end you know it doesn't necessarily feel like that 100% of the time but for the most part it does but um it is interesting to think about the other relationships that Elizabeth had that her relationship or friendship with Mr. Gluck kind of um made those relationships difficult like she talks about dating when she was in college and stuff and how she like There were some people that she, like, felt like she could not be in a relationship with because of her relationship with Mr. Gluck, even though they never had, you know, like, a romantic relationship. But she also says, you know, that she often did think about, like, what it would have been like to be intimate with him. And it's not in, like, a way that she had feelings, romantic feelings for him necessarily. It's just kind of, like, a human, like, thing to think about. But yeah, I mean, he's like, he's kind of, I mean, he's such this intellectual soulmate in a way. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and so, yeah, I, and that's a part of growing up. I mean, she's learning how she feels about all of those things and he's such a big part of her life. Um, but I, I think it was so nice that it was, we talked about this a little bit last time, but there was nothing Lolita-ish about it no, or nothing at it all. It was such a mm-hmm. genuine, nice relationship. And, uh, I think I just love how she wrote about it. She never overdid it. The dialogue was just the right amount mm-hmm. for what all this was. And it was really how the questions they asked each other and how they talked to each other. It was so engaging to like, it's like, oh, I get to be in on what they're saying. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. like a treat to to have this little glimpse into their relationship through. It's like you can imagine there were so many more conversations they had. There was so much time, right, that's talked about that we don't see. Mm-hmm. And so just to get these little glimpses in time was so nice like it just felt like this treat to not to have it be the length it was like the brevity was brevity made it like more special yeah I agree um that one that chapter about the sister continues really to be interesting because he has like this moment of kind of like self-awareness within his dream where he this book is interesting because it's like a lot about transition of life and like what life is and what it means and this chapter kind of brings in this like concept of like this spirituality a little bit without you know this book is really good about like not having a set way of viewing spirituality but I really love this like conversation basically that he has with like God or what he thinks might be God and like this in his dream and um, he's kind of rest, like recitating the the song that he wrote to himself, 
And he says he can remember every word of that stupid song, but he can't remember. Dear God, he can't. And he's talking about the song. And so he starts like a prayer, basically. He says, excuse me, dear God, can I trouble you to remind me of my little sister's name? Not that he thinks there is a God. In fact, he knows there isn't. But just in case there's such a thing, please remind me her name again. And then silence basically speaks back to him. Um, and it's, I mean, it's kind of funny because it's like, sorry, can't help you. Like, bleh. right. Um, and then he's like, are, are you, who's there? Silence. God. And then he gets a response of not exactly. And then it goes on this like really beautiful, um, longer paragraph of basically this thing that's talking to him or speaking to him being everything. Um, like the chemicals that paint is made of or the person that's dead in the water, the water that they're dead in, you know, like smells, like everything that you can possibly think of. I haven't even started with telling you what I am. I'm everything that makes everything. I'm everything that makes unmakes everything. Um, I love that. I love the turn of phrase there. It's gorgeous. And then like I, I also, you know, back to kind of using the season as um, – an image of like existence you know or like the cycles of things and um so he calls him like a leaf just one lone single leaf are you no to be more exact as i've already said as i've already made clear i'm all the leaves you're all the leaves yes so have you fallen are you still waiting to fall in the autumn in the summer if it's stormy And by all the leaves, you mean your last year's leaves and next year's leaves? I'm all the leaves, okay? (laughs) Like, it's just so, it's like funny, this conversation, but I also like this idea of being a part of everything past, present, and future. And the way that like being in a dreamlike state or being on that precipice of death similarly kind of puts you in that state of being part of the past present and future all at the same time which is I think what Mr. Gluck is experiencing um in his brain like you said like it feels like a death dream so like I feel like chemically there's like a lot of really interesting stuff going on in his brain right now and um I really just like like this concept of like that concept of spirituality in a book is something that I really jive with because like there's not really a rule it's more about there not being any rules and um having it be more about um like energy and just like the stuff of the universe and I like I think that that I like how this book which is about death which like a lot of um when you think about it like brings to to mind a lot of spiritual questions of like what one thinks we are and what one thinks we will be I think I really like the way that this book approached it um mm-hmm. and I found it to be really in just enjoyable to read and enjoyable like to think about because it's not like preachy it's kind of like funny but um yeah but it was like a very it. welcoming thought-provoking novel yeah yeah I, I agree I see and I didn't really get much of an element of spirituality in it like that's not how I took it which is part of I mean I agree with what you're saying because it didn't stick out but it made you think of all of those things that most people think about when they're discussing spirituality if that makes sense yeah yeah and I mean that was really like one of the only chapters that um 
that had any element of that, you know, and it's in yeah. the midst of one of those dreams, which I think is like another thing that I liked about it is that this book wasn't trying to like make you really think about like death and dying necessarily and like being gone, but more of just like the process of it before it happens almost is like more of what it made me think of and and the everything served a purpose it, yeah yeah it wasn't weird to be weird it all served a purpose yeah. it was a very like concise yeah. novel yeah. I, everything just felt uh, every shift in voice every mm-hmm. uh, word every tonal different like it all had a distinct purpose purpose and there was just enough and never too much yeah yeah, I really, really like this. This was a, this was a great pick. Thank you. I really, I didn't I'm realize that read she. Winter and winter. I am too, and I didn't realize Hank how much she had written before. I don't know if they're mm-hmm. all um, novels or if it's mostly just short stories or something. But like, she has quite a bit of work to like get through. So I definitely want to. Um, to start like we'll finish really with the quartet um but i i am interested to see what other stuff she has and um yeah she's one to keep exploring for sure i'm glad that that door got opened yeah um i really liked it is there anything else you wanted to i mean i feel like we've i think we covered it yeah. Well, I mean, if you guys think of anything that we didn't discuss, let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear. We love when we get to hear people's opinions on it because uh, we just like talking about books. But um, <laughs> I'm definitely I think we should definitely read this in the winter. Maybe we'll do it on the pod. I think we should do it for a yeah, pod. Why not? Episode. Was- yeah. Keep the series going. So we will definitely be doing winter. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. January. December, Jan- maybe January. January. Let's do January. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be doing it during uh, one of our times in January. I'm excited. Me too. Are you, I um, I think she is exceptional. Yeah. Good Good pick for sure. We've we've been on a good roll. Um, and yeah, and if you haven't, pick up a copy of Salman Rushdie's The Ground Beneath Her Feet. You've got mm-hmm. uh, plenty of time to read it because we're just going to be discussing the first six chapters and that will be in two weeks because we are going to be taking a week off uh to get to visit with each other in person uh so make sure that you get that and at least get the first six six chapters read you will not be disappointed so yes it's great um i guess that's it yeah i think so i think we pretty much covered it well i will see you Oh my god! And just and less than a week. Less than a week. I can't wait. It's gonna be a great time. Um, we'll have to yes. make sure that we share pictures and stuff from our trip or something on the pod because I think um on the our Instagram or something because it's gonna be so fun. We'll have to make sure yes. we visit. I can't wait to show you my local bookstore and yeah. All so I can add stuff. more. Please try try not to let me buy more than two because it's obnoxious to have to take all of them home. Like, okay. That's the worst is when I buy them out of state. It's just silly. But I love to support local bookstores too. So, and they're always just so great. I know. This one's fun too. There's like, there's a little documentary about it um, that is supposed to be really good. And I have yet to see it, but it's called Hello Bookstore. And... I I do, I need to to try to 
get myself to watch it. Um, and it's it'll be fun. It's a it's a fun place to just like catch up because they do have um a little wine bar adjacent to it that's like connected, so you can enjoy a libation and yes. discuss a book or get some recommendations from the um owner who's this really lovely gentleman um who's always there in the back and um it's just a beautiful little tiny little bookstore but uh i'm excited yeah me too i can't wait to see you and i can't wait to discuss our next novel and the next episode yes well thank you everybody we will Mm -hmm. talk to you next time so go get reading bye bye